Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to reply, guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist comedy podcast for everyone. It is so nice to be back. We took a brief little break because I was on tour and I'm still kind of on tour. I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital this weekend. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. Um, what are you performing? Performing the D.C. improv, which I'm looking forward to. I like D.C. There's a bunch of good museums there and uh, I get to see one of my some of my cool friends like a journalist ken clippenstein who was a really oh yeah smart guy and uh you know it's fun it's the last time i performed in dc maybe not the last time the second to last time i had an insane experience where i was on stage i was featuring for my friend dan st germain and Mm -hmm. got off stage and this guy who's like literally 70 years old asked to buy me a drink and I was like, oh, no, thank you. I don't drink alcohol. I don't. I'm California sober. I'm not like, a, you know, I, I, as listeners know, we, I, mean, I, I fuck with psychedelics sometimes, but uh, I'm, uh, I, don't, I don't drink alcohol anymore. And, um, you know, I'm, so I'm like, oh, I don't drink. And, you know, and he's like, I'll buy you a soda. And I was like, that's really nice of you. But, you know, I can get free soda at the bar for performing here. And he's like, well, I really want to buy you a drink, and I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't want one. I'm, I'm okay. And he starts. Kind yeah, I'm of like, getting, I don't, I don't consume liquids. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like starts getting more and more aggressive, and then like literally backs me into a corner of the room. Jesus. Like he's just kind of coming towards me, and I'm backing up, and like I'm literally like in a like the way that the tables are set up. Like I, I'm like blocked, and I was like dude, you need to leave me alone. And he's like, you were just on stage talking about like sex and dating and now you're not going to let me buy you a drink. So I'm like, you got to leave me alone, man. And then he starts going off about how he works at the CIA. And then it's getting more heated and I'm just like, dude, please leave me alone or whatever. The bouncer comes over and is like, you know, is this guy bothering you kind of thing? And I was like, yes, actually. And then they throw the guy out he keeps going off about how he works in the CIA. They throw the dude out. He spits in the bouncer's face. Spits in his face. Then Jesus Christ. his family gets up. It turns out he's with like 10 people. And it's his daughter's. Oh, graduation. my God. No, it's his granddaughter's graduation party. They've all gone to a comedy show. Oh, my God. It's her college graduation. And the whole family just gets up and starts <laughs> fighting the bouncer. There's like 10 of them. Bouncer's a huge dude. He's not like phased by this particularly, but he just throws all of them out. Everybody. I mean, the whole show is disrupted. Oh my God. And everyone's, you know, everyone keeps talking about this guy works for the CIA and he has a lot of power and he can ruin my life. And like, you know, I just, if it's fine, the show kind of goes back to, to normal. And then on Monday, the entire family bombs the club's Yelp page with bad reviews. They're like, there was a comedian who was horrible there. We hate her. It was just like all because they wouldn't fuck this seven-year-old or something. Jesus Christ. To be fair, it's very it's very on brand for the CIA to go somewhere peaceful and just ruin the whole vibe. Yeah. That's exactly what the guy did. 
Yeah, yeah, you're familiar with that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was like that. But that's so like also like him just like saying I work for the CIA. I'm like, oh, and so what's the like? Oh, like yeah, like did you see any of my material? What what what? Any of my material was CIA friendly? Yeah, I've seen the CIA's material. Seems like a lot of killing. <laughs> I don't think I want to be involved with that. You know. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I feel I feel like DC is like Los Angeles in the same way, like, but it's just like for politics, you know? Yeah. Uh it's just a, a lot of name dropping, but just uh, government stuff. Yeah, it seems like it, it is definitely like like in the way that LA is like a company town, it seems like DC is kind of a company town. Exactly. Yeah, for the yeah, for the worst people alive. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's a well, lot of regular people that live and work in these. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it does seem like there is a certain vibe. Um, I like, I don't know. I mean, you know, DC, I think the city has a lot of interesting political things happening. Um, I kind of looked into it a little bit when I was uh, researching the NBAs, as I always, as I always do, but yeah, you know, it's like, there's a huge need for affordable housing in DC and, uh, you know, this may come as an extreme surprise, but is there a bunch of affordable housing being built? No, there is a neoliberal mayor who is having unhoused people harassed, arrested, have their tents taken away by the police and uh, a, a real estate backed movement that is enthusiastically supporting all this. So cool, you know, not cool. Very Just, cool. I don't really think it's cool at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. how's your week Jesus going? Christ. Uh, not bad. It's been, it's, 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 it's been good so far. Uh, you know, February first, rent day. I'm very excited to share my resources with my with my landlord. Uh, speaking of, you know, housing, uh, but yeah, I'm going to San Francisco in two days. Sketchfest. I believe you were you were there oh, too. Oh yeah, it was so fun. Uh, that's where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited for it. I love San Francisco. Uh, I don't love most of the people who live there, but the city itself. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful yeah. city. I, I know, I still know people that live there. And, you know, it is weird because it's always like the tech vibe. I don't know if I should talk about this. You know, I actually, I know that I shouldn't. But against my better judgment, I will. <laughs> I decided to go on a, on a couple dates when I was in San Francisco with this guy yeah. who was like a tech bro. Whatever. It just like, it seemed fun. I'm not that emo. I'm, I don't know if I'm emotionally available enough to form a relationship with the person who lives in my city yet, but I'm open to yeah. uh, a little little dating when I'm in other places. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hanging out with this guy that was like a huge tech bro, and we had a good time. But then, yeah, at the end of us hanging out, like the end of the second time we hung out, he like offhandedly mentions that he dumped his last girlfriend because she was a teacher. And yeah, teachers don't, they're not high earners or whatever. And I get really mad. Yeah. We have a whole 
whole whole debate, right? I'm just I'm back on my bullshit. I'm fighting men, you know, and like oh my God. I was just very disturbed by this because it is just like. I mean, there's great people who live in, in the Bay Area, including people who I, I know a lot of great leftists who work in the tech industry and, you know, it's a job. It's like there's there's great people in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, I don't I, I don't even know where, where to start from that. But uh, well, it's, it's, I guess I guess speaking about uh, building horrible stuff, uh Uh, you sent me this article about uh, Cop City. Oh my god! Which is what an insane concept for it. Yes, uh, yeah, it's insane. Um, it's so listeners have probably like heard about this on Twitter, but we were gone for a couple of weeks, and so we haven't had a chance to really address this. Um, but yeah. It's okay. So outside of Atlanta in Zakalb City, uh, they just approved the development of Cop City, which is you know there's a national protest movement against us. So after like 11 months of you know, actually really longer, uh, a couple years, some activists have been living in the forest for like a couple years. Uh, they they approved this project, which is going to tear down. Uh, like 350 acres of forest um, in an, no, way more, uh, 3,500 acres of, wait, I don't know the exact, is it 35, is it, I'm going to have to figure out the exact acreage because I'm seeing it's, different sources. It's, it's too much space. It's too much space. <laughs> Either yeah. way. And so yeah. what they're going to do is they're going to build a mock city of Atlanta where it's a like a police training ground and they're they're going to you know basically have the police uh do like a urban warfare tactics out there so basically basically this is the rehearsal with nathan fielder but extremely racist yeah basically yeah no it, it, yeah that is what it is and you know they're gonna so like they're, yeah So they're using the city as like, you know, they wanted an empty city with no people so they can train on how to do, uh, you know, high speed chases, uh, shooting stuff, just like, you know, before they take it to the actual city. It's such an insane, like, it truly like feels like comically evil. It's comically evil. Um, the police. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, they, they, killed, they killed someone um, last month. Um, it was a, a a protester named Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran was killed by a Georgia state trooper when they were doing an operation, a clearing operation. The police called it at the site. So, you know, murder. Uh, and they're trying to say that, like, the state is trying to say that, you know, he, the, the protester shot them and there's no evidence of that. Um, but... Of course. Yeah, it's just really, I mean, it's like, this is in an area where there is a serious lack of affordable housing. Um, you know, the the housing crisis has hit Atlanta really hard. And, you know, a lot of um, activists have been pushing for this, this land to be made affordable housing. Uh, other activists, you know, have been pushing for it to be, you know, a, a park. Um, and... Um, you know, the, the, the trees have an important function in the environment. Um, and, 
you know, it's just yeah. The, the It, absolute it, worst it thing just, you could do with it is this. truly there's like literally one million thing I can think of that would would be much better than this shit. It just like feels like a a, a five year old idea of how you should train cops. Yes. Uh, Yeah. like, and I'm sure there are like. I'm sure there are like homeless people, houseless people and all of that stuff. So instead of like building a city to move people to, they were like, now nah, we just want some space where cops can like do cop shit without being held accountable as if they're not, as if they're like being held accountable in the city itself. But you don't like, I just, yeah, I don't even like know how to even like justify that. in any way like or any sense of form it's just it just makes no sense and i'm sure it's costing the city so much fucking money It's 90 million. They approved 90 million in funding for it. Um, and, and it's not just going to be training for Atlanta's police force. It's going to be uh, for training for police from all over the U.S. for, you know, how to do uh, militant tax tactics and, you know, bombing tear gas. I'm a, Yeah. here's the thing, okay? I'm okay with the concept of cop city with like under one condition. It's Okay. a cop city. We take all the cops, we put them there. They live in the city. They do all of their policing stuff, but they never are allowed to leave the city. They live there. They, they do whatever they want. They can shoot one another. It's okay, you know? Uh, and that's it. Like this, if this is what they want, this is what they will have. They can start their own city. They can feel as much safe as they want to. Everyone else is a cop. It's great. It's it's fun time for them. Yeah, it's it's also definitely important to note that this, you know, cop study is going to be right next to a 75% black neighborhood. So, you know, just from everything that we know about the police, um, it's, you know, this is really just an especially dangerous to put a place to put a cop city. Um, and, you know, it should be said that, you know, people are protesting this all over the country. I mean, you know, activists have given... multiple years of their time and you know in in, in one case Of course, uh yeah. his his life for, for to protest this movement so um I know, yeah and and it's, I mean, especially now, like to try to like justify cop city and spending all of that money on it, when literally, like you know, we we see what happened in like Memphis with the cops and 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 all of that stuff, and to to, I just I just can't think of like a better way to spend money. Like I can't think of like so many better ways to spend money than like giving it to cops. But also like there's like I'm sure like you've been like seeing a lot of like the dialogue happening about like Memphis online and like about like the uh uh about the police more than like, another innocent civilian. And I think some of the a lot of good points have been made, which is which is like how part of like the reform initiative in the police is like oh we should like have more diversity. like within police officers and now we see it doesn't really matter which is we already knew that Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw this, but the LAPD just murdered a 36 year old man named Anthony Lowe Jr., who was a double amputee who was in a wheelchair and he was fleeing them. And, um, you know, like 
not in his wheelchair, like had, and you know, was just like, I mean, he had no legs. He wasn't moving that fast and he's desperately trying to get away. And, uh, the police murdered him. And the reason that the police gave for that is they said that they thought that he was going to throw a knife at them. No evidence of that. Um, and the way that I'm sorry, he, is this the fuck is, is this a fucking circus or something? Throw yeah. a knife at them and do what with it? Yeah, and the, the the way that he lost his legs was from another incident of police violence, and yeah, this is just Jesus Christ, this is disgusting shit. This is horrible, and you know, to me, I'm just like really losing my patience with people who, you know, are are talking about anything else besides defunding and abolishing the police. Because I mean, it's just like you, you think that we're going to improve an institution that uh, is uh, chasing down. A guy with no legs who is desperately trying to flee them. To I mean, exactly, no. yeah. And 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 if this is the person that is scaring you, making you afraid for your life, you should maybe you shouldn't be in this job to start with. You seem like a fucking coward. Yeah. To yeah, start I mean, with, the, the video you know? is available, and it's just. I mean, it's. And I I did I did see it. I mean, I and I, you know, there's just. It's just really it's also, clear that this yeah. person is not trying to kill police officers. It's just really clear. It's also every argument that you see for police now is it's I think what 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 hits me the most is that they're not even like they're trying to make them like well constructed or good or like even like like the, like the arguments for like more police fundings and all of that. I never hear I never read something and I'm like oh this is maybe like convincing or oh maybe like if I uh was stupid enough i would believe it I'm like, this makes no sense you're not even trying and i saw this thing recently where someone was like well if five police officers who are black killed a black man how are you saying that this is white supremacy and it's just like are you fucking stupid or something i mean like, yeah the, the answer is they are fucking stupid yeah and I saw a good analogy. Someone said that someone was like, well, if I'm black and I made a taco, does it stop being Mexican food? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good analogy. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they're like forcing white supremacy. They don't have to be white. Uh, it's, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like literally like losing my like patience with them. And I'm just like, and just like, like even like saying like statements like from like Joe Biden or whatever about the every time someone like get killed and shit. And I'm just like, what are you going to do about it? Like you literally give them more money every time. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, I mean, around, I mean, like the, you know, the middle to late part of the last decade, it seems like, you know, all these type of like liberal, liberal reformer type people were, you know, very big on like, oh, you know, we can get body cams and stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, now there's body cams, like, is it stopping any of the violence? No, it's not. So no, no, there's just there is no reform. There is no reform. And literally, I feel like all body cams are used for now is to uh, show the public these videos and keep resharing them over and over and just like re-traumatizing people and then make you more frustrated because you're like, well, we saw what happened and you're still not doing anything about it. So honestly, it just makes me even more upset now uh, because 
it feels like you're like treating us ever like we're so stupid. I'm like, no, we there's a video evidence. Yeah, I think what, that you're right. That I do think that you're right that some of the like, you know, it's kind of the explicit function at this point is to make people feel discouraged, helpless, terrified. You know, I mean, it's just it's so, you know, you see like a lot of these jerk offs on the Internet, including some socialists, to be honest, who, you know, were like, yeah, you know, say things about, you know, how we need the police to keep us safe. But who? OK, who? who you know, There's obviously a lot of people that they're not only not keeping safe, but are an active threat to, you know, I don't personally feel safe with uh random oh. murderer people walking around my city with guns it doesn't make me feel any safer it doesn't make me feel safer on the subway you know it's like for myself like i've dealt with the police one of the one of my friends when i was 18 uh called the police because she was sexually assaulted and she was sexually assaulted in a situation where there were multiple witnesses at a party and the police still didn't do anything. Like, even though it was like very known who the guy was, she, you know, went through all the procedures of like doing the, you know, the DNA test and, you know, people like it was just, this was like obviously very sort of provable mm -hmm. crime. This was assault by a stranger yeah. like just everything mm -hmm. is like the type of rape that you think you know oh well they could prosecute this one or whatever you know but no police didn't do anything yeah like, no we're not going to do anything so it's just really like they don't exist to protect people yeah i know and it's it's yeah it, it's just it's just crazy just like i mean it's not it's not it's not only like the the politics and like you know social media and all of the stuff that like pushes police like even like even like if you see like the most successful successful most watched shows in the country they're all about cops and they're all about cops being good yeah. so it's insane to me like how like that like like push for like liking the police and believing that they protect us starts from like literally the second you understand what tv is and then kind of like they just like integrate that in your mind. And I'm not saying don't watch them. Some of them are just fun. Like I watch Law and Order all the time. But I'm just like, I know this is fiction for the most part. This is not this is not how it works, especially like SVU, where they literally like even it's because it's hearing you say this and then like watching like Law and Order SVU and they're like, even if the victim says, I don't want to uh, pursue the case, they will push for it to be pursued. Yeah. And I'm like, in real life, they don't do that. Yeah, no. In real life, that you literally would bring them the DNA yourself and be like, this person did this. And that person would say that I've done that. And they're going to be like, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's, unless it's like a, you know, it's just it, it, there's very limited situations. Um, I mean, they definitely aren't prosecuting, you know, crimes like you know, white collar financial crimes that it costs the United States so much money. I mean, it's just like, I was, this is, this is related, not exactly the same topic, but it's just sort of, especially, uh, another horrifying thing as we think about our criminal legal system, um, in Massachusetts, according to a new article by Lever News, um, Massachusetts Democrats, Democrats, 
have uh, introduced a new bill uh, that has five co-sponsors so far um, that will ask prisoners to donate their organs in exchange for like a couple months off their sentence. Trade, so basically trading your organs for uh, reduced, reduced sentencing. Um, reduced sentencing. Um, so, you know, it, the reduced sentence will be between 60 and 365 days. Uh, you can also donate bone marrow. I mean, but this is just incredibly fucked up. And obviously there's, you know, been a lot of instances where medical doctors have abused prisoners. Um, but this is just, I mean, this is unbelievably creepy. This uh, it's, it, it, you know what, what I find is like very like, like impressive in a very evil way is when you see all of the problems that happen like in other countries, like human trafficking, organ trafficking, or like harvesting people, organs against their will and all of that. The United States always find ways to be very creative into how to build this stuff into laws and make them sound progressive and cool yeah. to do. Because how is that different from just literally like selling your own like organs for like because you cannot afford healthcare or like being literally kidnapped by the system to uh, for your organs? It's it's insane. Like I can't imagine like being in prison, being like, well, I mean, I'm I'm tired of being here, so maybe I I don't need two kidneys. Yeah, that's exactly. You should just give one away. Yeah. And if you, if the system believes that I'm a, I'm a dangerous and redeemable or a bad person or whatever, and and that's the reason I am in jail, would giving an organ or giving one marrow or giving my kidneys suddenly became makes me a better person, or does it reform me? Like I'm not sure. Like how does that work with uh, the thesis that? prison is supposed to make you a better person because having less organs does not really affect my morals. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that it's really about that. I think it's about the, the shortage of, you know, of organs available for, for transplant. And they're just like, this is a way to, to solve this through coercion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if I'm giving you my kidney, I am walking out of prison today. Yeah. I don't yeah, want a reduced sentence. Yeah. I, it's not, it's not, but the thing is, is they're not. And people die of inadequate medical care in prison all the time. So it's an especially dangerous place to undergo on a major surgery like that. Oh, yeah. that You're right. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Because I'm like, how am I supposed to recover after the surgery? Yeah. In a, in a fucking cell? Is that where you're going to put me? It, like, yeah. It's just. I mean, it's it's so coercive. It's so, it's just so horrible. Um, I don't think that this bill probably is going to pass. Um, it's probably not even legal, like constitutional. Um, but I mean, just Absolutely. you know, we'll have to keep our eyes and on it, it and, just, and just see what happens. Because I mean, I think the fact that you know this was proposed by Democrats is just. It says a lot. Um, so speaking of, you know, now we'll, we'll yeah. now we'll do Republicans. Uh, okay, <laughs> we're gonna go to our favorite state, uh, Florida. Yes, so, a Florida man specifically, in this case, <laughs> uh, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> um, whereas, amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, so 
there's just a bunch of really fucked up stuff happening with Florida's um, education system. Um, I mean, DeSantis is doing, you know, he's eyeing his 2024 run. So yesterday, he announced plans to block state colleges from having programs on diversity, equity, inclusion, and critical race theory. Um, One thing that that uh, looks like concretely is that um, in AP, uh, for the AP program for high school students, um, they have uh, banned, canceled plans for uh, African American history, um, and uh, and then also uh, there's this tiny college, tiny public school in uh, in Florida called New College, and it only had 700 students, but it was like a one of the more progressive schools. So they got rid. DeSantis got rid of the board members of the college and he replaced them with jackass, like conservative pundit type people, including Christopher Rufo. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that is? Christopher Rufo? He's a a fellow at the Manhattan Institute and he's one of these jackasses that um, really ginned up a lot of this critical race theory panic in the first place. Also extremely anti-trans. I mean, he's just, he's so dumb. He's like, I'm trying to think of like some of the things that he said specifically, but you know, whenever you see like on the internet, like they're like, you know, oh, there was this one school in San Diego where they're, you know, saying that it's mandatory to become trans to six year olds or whatever. Like it's almost always (laughs) this guy, Christopher Rufo has something to do mm. with the origin of those stories because this whole like yeah. quote unquote beat is education and specifically like trying to prove that schools are indoctrinating little kids into like wild like gender theory and you know it's just like so yeah anyway he put po- DeSantis appoints this new board then the board votes yeah. to fire the president and um then you know, they are going to uh, like change the entire curriculum of the school. Um, and, yeah. you know, it, it, like there's just this real sort of like, this is kind of next level, uh, you know, intrusion of like, politics, of like Republican politics, and, and, you know, into, um, into education. And, you know, we've been seeing that for a while, but I guess, you know, what, what this is, is, I think, like, taking it to like yeah. another, another level where like we're actually going to have yeah. like, conservative pundits on the boards of schools. No, no. Yeah. And, I, and I've and i also like been seeing like uh, I saw this article about like how, you know, there's teachers in Florida who literally have to like hide books and shit like that. So it could like they can like avoid avoid like felony charges for a fucking book. Yeah. And it's crazy to me because like when, when you hear Republicans, obviously, or like right when people talk about. They always love to reference 1984. (laughs) 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 (la
turn them into real stuff. Yeah, I don't, I, like I don't know. Yeah, the last and I just year, like I I don't yeah. I was just gonna say last year, DeSantis signed legislation called the Stop Woke Act, and it restricts conversations about uh, racism. But I mean, even, like, including like even real the names, history. yeah. Even the names of their like laws and bills sounds very comical. Like because I saw like. Uh, what's his name? Josh Hawley or whatever. Yeah. You know, however you pronounce his last name, where he was like, he basically like they want to introduce this bill to prevent members of Congress from trading and stocks and stuff like that. And he wants to call it the Pelosi Act. And I just like, even when you want to do something good, you kind of like have to ruin it by shit like that. It's just like, so you don't really care about stocks or like members of Congress literally like making so much money out of stock because they have like, you know, they're like insider trading. Yeah. yeah. But you, you want to ruin it by just being like, let's call it the Pelosi Act. I'm like, cool, man. That's that's awesome. Thank you. That's uh, very funny. I, yeah, I think that the, I'm pretty sure that the Republican primary is just going to be like DeSantis Trump, and then God knows whoever else. Really, just well, you know, what's her name? Like, Nikki. Uh, yeah, Nikki Haley also wants to. She's bl planning to run. Yeah, uh, in twenty twenty four. Just all of these people, like just who can do the most extreme shit on on education. Um, and on that note, yeah, this, this is a really gross thing that happened in Florida this week too. Where okay, so the Florida High School Athletics Association is now requiring student athletes to give schools detailed information about their periods. Like when your periods start, like, Jesus you know, Christ. this is like, this is private medical information. Yeah. They're not saying yeah. why they need the information, but you know, most likely uh, it has something to do with the 15 week abortion ban and forbidding uh, transgender girls from playing on sports teams. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, this is absolutely no reason that your school should have to have this information about, about you. Um, it's deeply fucking creepy that you're like sports coach, yeah, uh, has to know when you're bleeding, you know? So it's really gross and it's really fucked up. Um, if I were a parent, I would be extremely creeped out you know i mean imagine that this will push some people out of athletics altogether um i mean it's just yeah it's a it's a form that includes detailed questions about menstruation cycles when they got their first period when they had the, re the recent one how many weeks passed between periods um a pediatrician has to sign off um so it's just very Wow, it's really, really, really gross. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> I just, I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like literally every week, not even like every month or every few months, something fucked. I'm like, I feel like now just every week, something more like regressive just like happens, and I'm just like, what, what are we, what are we heading to? Uh, and I, I honestly cannot. There's nothing I want less than just having to go through this like another election cycle soon, like a presidential cycle. It and feels like, like it just I know... happens and we're gonna it's going to start soon. I don't know when, but soon.
it never stops. It, it truly like when there's always elections and there's always like, but like now, like, you know, with the census and Trump and stuff, I just feel like, oh, are we going back to here? Like all of the, like, you know, not even like the old shit about like the fucking border wall and stuff like that. It's like new, newer stuff now. Uh, I feel like this is the first election where uh, presidential like candidates are going to be like referencing like TikTok videos and like uh, shit like that as a way yeah. to kind of like push voters. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'm I'm also like I I feel like just like starting now you you can see like how social media and like you know TikTok and stuff like that has been like weaponized to continue to push this idea as if as if kind of like to prepare people to what the elections are gonna be like and what stuff do you expect to hear because like you see them now. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. Not, not excited for it. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a lot. I mean, to me, it's just, like, I don't know if I even really, man, hard to say who would be worse to, to have DeSantis or Trump. I mean, I kind of go back and forth on it, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, I think Biden could probably win again. I'm not sure. I just, I don't know. I just don't want to go through it. I've been very invested in, like, you know, state, local politics. Today I met with, I did my first lobbying meeting today, which was like with somebody who works for the office, a staffer for the office of my assembly member. And we were like, the meeting was about supporting for on a New York state level, two pieces of legislation. One, the right to counsel so that everybody has mm-hmm. the right to a lawyer in housing court. Yeah. And then the winter eviction moratorium, which means that people can't be evicted in the winter, which is just mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, really, there should be a year, all year long, a 365-day eviction moratorium. But, like, at least this mm-hmm. will be, you know, this will be a start of, like, you know, giving some people more time and making sure that they're yeah. out in the coldest months of the year. So, you know, um but I mean, our my my particular assembly member is supportive of both of these pieces of legislation, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's at at that level. I do think that we have more more say than like this like presidential. Yeah. You know. No, and I mean, uh, and I mean, it's it's you know, it's very important too. I feel like people like don't understand like how state level politics are like honestly maybe even like more important than like presidential elections and all of that because like yeah, I mean, like, like you said in florida you know exactly exactly yeah because like the way this country functions is like every state feels like its own small country so it's kind of like and it's more like it's not easy to control but at least there's like you know you can like sway it more than you can like do with what happens at the white house yeah uh but yeah, I feel like people should be more engaged with it. So it's, I mean, it's it's great that you're doing that. That's that's wonderful. I mean, I feel like for myself, it, I kind of started engaging with like local politics more when I got mad at these fucking horrible, disgusting real estate people. Like they're yeah. awful. But I, I'm kind of glad that that happens because. Yeah, definitely has like sort of showed me like that we do 
we do actually have some power like socialists do have opportunities to build power like even of course in, yeah even in a post bernie world because i mean i was someone that was extremely focused on bernie sanders and electing him and you know just like democratic socialism in general and um you know just once that all kind of like fell apart i sort of started to see it a little differently like not just like not socialism in general but like democratic socialism like okay no they're not gonna let us vote capital is not gonna let us vote away their power like they aren't going to do that they're always going to of course pull yeah some shit but at a state level you know there is there is a, a there is, in a city level like there is opportunities to to do some shit and you know it's like yeah of course you know it's always you know like there's also opportunities to do a, a lot of real bullshit as you know like Rebney and mm -hmm. like all these developers are are doing and stuff and obviously the nypd is completely ghoulish eric adams is completely ghoulish i mean our city's policies towards the unhoused are just i mean i don't know if they're I, I i would guess that you know they're some of the most disgusting in the country but i don't really know i don't really know what every city's policies are but you know it's like i i do think that to me it makes more sense like at this point when you know like, like there's opportunities to do stuff on a local level like i yeah you hear a lot of people say that and I think it's easy to just kind of be like, oh, whatever. But like, no, there really is. <laughs> like, there really yeah, is. Yeah, of course. Not yeah, that many absolutely. people engage with it. Like, it's just a bunch of fucking weirdos that like get yeah. involved with like local political shit. So it's like 30 people ends up being a group of people that can potentially make a real difference in something, you know, like it's just. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you if you live in New York and you're not, uh, you're less of a weirdo than so many people, then maybe you should engage more yeah, exactly. with local politics, or like even not in New York, whatever, in whatever state that or city that you're in. Yeah, we'll have a great time in San Francisco, and listeners, you know, we'll be back next week. Uh, go see Mohanad at SF Sketchfest. Come see me at the TC Improv or um, in Chicago in a couple weeks, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Reply, guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Muhannad Al-Sheikhi. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song is performed by Emily Fremgen and written by Emily with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's, and I am at Muhannad Al-Sheikhi. And Twitter is where you can find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley this land was made for you and me this land is your land, your this land. land.